Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. Uh, continuing on from last week, there is a handout, so uh, if, you, if you're sitting somewhere where there isn't a handout, uh, please grab one. Uh, we're upping the ante. Last week there was one table, this week there's two tables, so it's like Nictus. Uh, more time <laughs> Christmas. Um, yeah, so uh, last week, if you weren't here, or maybe if you were here but you slept through the sermon, uh, just to quickly recap, we were looking at uh, Amazing Grace and uh, how to live the Christian life. Um, and last week, we were contrasting justification, which was uh, God's work, uh, his declaration uh, that we are not guilty, uh, and that's based on uh, the death of Christ on the cross. And we, were, we looked at the table where we contrasted that with sanctification or holiness, uh, where now that we are justified and declared not guilty, uh, we have this task, uh, this job of, of becoming more like uh, Jesus. So uh, that's what we were doing last week. And, and preaching to on the trot gives me a chance to carry on a little bit uh, longer on, on that theme. Um, before we get to our uh, before we get to our fruit and nuts <laughs> uh, uh, section, um, and I was just reminded, uh, Greco gave a little throwaway remark when he was uh, preaching about Hebrews chapter twelve verse one. Uh, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, uh, which of course he he was mentioning that as motivation to to live the Christian life. Um, you know, pe- people are watching us, and, and we're running this race. Uh, and you know we're we're accountable, uh, and we've got this job to do and this race to run. Um, <clears throat> but it reminded me of a little insight that this verse also has uh, for helping us in 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 becoming more like Jesus. It's it may be something that you've noticed and wondered about. Uh, it may be something that you haven't noticed, and maybe maybe that's good. You're, here at New Song, learning something new. Uh, but let me read the verse. So we'll kick off with Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, uh, where the writer says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, uh, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run, the re- let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And just so that you know, the race that we're running as Christians is not the 100 meters. It would be great if it was but it isn't, it's a marathon, it's 42 kilometers, okay? So it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, and that's why the writer says we run with perseverance. Uh, Usain Bolt hasn't got any perseverance at all. He doesn't need it, he's only got 100 meters or perhaps 200 to run, okay? Or when he was running. Um, but we're marathon runners, we're Kipchogis, and we've got 42 kilometers, and so perseverance and keeping going is the name of the day. But did you notice there are two things which slow us down and hold us back? The second one is obvious. We were talking about this last week. Um, This is the sin that entangles us. Um, So uh, last week we we were reminded that Jesus has taken away all our sins, past, present, and future. Okay, so they are not standing. We don't stand with our sins. God no longer sees us with our sins. Uh, he sees us um, uh, with Christ's righteousness. Uh, incredible. So uh, Jesus takes away our sinfulness, past, present, and future, uh, and God replaces that with Christ's righteousness. That's how God sees us this morning. Um, and don't forget, even though those sins are taken away, we, we, are st- we will still commit them. You know, when we get to that point, we will still commit those sins. We still need to repent and say sorry and confess our sins. Yes, all those things we still do. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is there, um, but uh, but you know th- th- those the sins when we commit them, they entangle us, and, and they are going to slow us down. What you don't want as a runner is an entanglement. You will slow down. Eventually, you will be so tangled you will grind to a halt. Okay, so sins, our sins will stop us running this holiness race. They will they will prevent us making progress. Uh, in becoming more like Jesus. But did you notice that's not the only thing that you don't want in this verse? It first mentions there is everything that hinders as well as the sin that entangles. Does that make sense? There's, there's two things that slow us down. 
the sins that entangle us, but there are, there are things that hinder us. Now, the insight here is these, these hindrances, the things that hinder us, are not sins. Does that make sense? Have you thought about that? There, there's things that in our lives that are good things, they're not sinful, and yet those are still things that can hinder our race, slow us down in our holiness race. Do, 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 you get the, do you get the point? So, of course, I had to make a table to show the difference. So that's the first table, okay? So we've got two, thi- two groups of things that can slow us down in this race and, and, uh, and prevent us from uh, fulfilling our holiness uh, r- race. So on the left-hand side are these things that hinder us. They are not sins. They are, they are good things that God has created in this good world for the good of his people. Yes, they are good things, okay? Um, but they can slow us down uh, because they, are, they can be things that take away our devotion to Christ, yeah? Um, Paul talks about, I, I want, 1 Corinthians 7, I want to live in the right way in undivided devotion to the Lord, okay? So these, these things that hinder us, uh, they're not sins, but they're things that can divide our devotion from the Lord. Paul, Paul, even Paul wanted undivided devotion to the Lord. He knew he wasn't there yet. <laughs> uh, and these things, they're, they're not sins, but they are, they're things that we focus on that, are, that hinder us, that, that take away our devotion to Christ. Um, and, and they're not necessarily bad for all people or all time. So last week we mentioned the fact that the Holy Spirit is very specific. When he wants you to work on a particular sin, or get rid of something that's in the way, he will be very specific. Uh, and so he will specifically point out sins that we need to get rid of, these entangling things. But be prepared, he may actually also very specifically point out good things that we need to turn away from as well, that become distractions. Do you get the idea? It's obvious that a sin is the thing to get rid of. It's not so obvious that some good things that God gives us also need to go because they're distractions. And we need to be prepared to pitch those overboard as well, okay? Um, So I've also said they're not necessarily bad for all people for all time. It may be that's just a season in your life. There's something particular, a good thing that is hindering your Christian growth. The Lord, the Spirit says that's got to go uh, and you get rid of it, you throw it overboard and then who knows, maybe a year or two later, you get to the stage in your Christian growth where that, that thing can come back on board again. You can, you can enjoy that thing that you had to turn your back on previously. So what was, what was a hindrance for you at one time in your Christian life, you can now take up again. Does that make sense? It's not necessarily a, a hindrance at one time of your life is not necessarily something you've got to get rid of for your entire life. It may be something that you can conquer, uh, you can deal with, and then God says, okay, go back, go back for that, you know? Like, you know, I gave up marathon running, you know, and I'm still giving up, I, I haven't gone back there yet. You know, but one day the Lord will call me back to marathon running and uh, I'll, I'll have to take it up again, but not, not yet, you know. So, so these are good things that we have to get rid of when the Holy Spirit says, but we may be able to take up again later, okay? Because they're good things and, and God has made many good things for us to enjoy. Sins are not like that, of course. Uh, All sins are all bad for all people for all time. A sin is a sin, okay? All Christians, (laughs) you know, you don't have your sins and I have my sins that are different to your sins. You know, a sin is a sin. Um, It's the same for all of us and and for all time. There's no sin that we can stop now that we can take up later on. They they, they remain sinful. So be aware there are hindrances as well as entanglements, okay? Sins entangle us, but the good things that, that are in life that God has made from time to time may become a hindrance for us and we need to ditch them overboard. So I've said, they are different for everyone, okay? Your hindrance is not necessarily my hindrance, okay? I've had to give up marathon running. Now you may be happy to carry on marathon running. I can't force you to stop marathon running just because the Lord has told me to stop marathon running. You get the idea? Which, which sometimes happens with Christians. You know, you know that Christian guy who's, who's given up something for the Lord and suddenly he demands everybody else has to give up the same thing as well. Yeah? 
keep it, keep it, keep it. We've met people like that. That's not necessarily the case, okay? Because the hindrances are specific to us, okay? What my hindrance, I can't demand that you have to get rid of that hindrance as well. Because what hinders me is not necessarily what hinders you. And we need to respect each other and, and, and work together, okay? <laughs> and help one another. Um, so I put there that little NB underneath the table there. Your hindrances will not uh, necessarily be the same as other people's. And you, you can't demand that other Christians give up what the Lord is asking you to give up. Yeah? Because our hindrances are going to be specific to us. Uh, and the Holy Spirit will point, point these things out to us very clearly, very specifically. If something needs to go, I've got to get rid of it, but I can't demand it. You have to get rid of it as well, okay? Sins, yes, okay? If I'm getting rid of a sin, I can ask that you need to get rid of the same sin because that's a sin. That's the same for all of us. Have I made the point? You got the point. Got the point. Okay, good. Um, but, it's, but it's an important point. There are, there are things that hinder that are good things. Uh, there are sins that entangle that are sins. The, the entanglements need to go. The hindrances also need to go, but they are different uh, for all of us. So, so far, last week and, and Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, these hindrances and entanglements, so far we've dealt with the negative side of sanctification, okay, holiness. The idea that uh, holiness, sanctification, becoming more like Jesus uh, involves getting rid of entanglements and hindrances. It's, it's getting rid of the bad stuff. Does that make sense? That's, the, that's a negative aspect of sanctification. And, and C.S. Lewis, if you, can, you can download a PDF. It's a sermon of his called The Weight of Glory uh, that he gave uh, in Oxford years ago in, the, in World War II. Uh, download that. It's an amazing uh, sermon. He, he begins the sermon by saying, uh, in the good old days, if you asked a Christian from the past uh, about uh, um, you know, a, a, an aspect of holiness, they would have said love. Uh, you ask a modern Christian and they will say unselfishness. Okay, so in other words, we've replaced a positive aspect of holiness and we've replaced it with a negative aspect. Okay, and C.S. Lewis said, said, that's not good. Okay, uh, as if, you know, unselfishness, as if, as if my giving up things can help you. You know, no, no, that doesn't work. You know, <laughs> um, but love is a positive aspect of holiness. If we are loving, we are going to help each other. Uh, and he's, he, he said that's so important that we must not, Foc just focus on the negative side of holiness, getting rid of the bad stuff. And this little quote would illustrate the point. He said, as if when we get to, we get to see Jesus on the throne um, and he asks us what we did for him on earth and we just give him a long list of the things that we didn't do. Yeah, that's, that's the negative side of salvation. We, please don't get to heaven with a long list of things that we didn't do. That, you know, unselfishness and unthis and unthat. Um, that's the negative side of, of sanctification. So this morning, we're going to look at the positive side of sanctification, okay? We've got, we're happy, we're at home with the idea of getting rid of things. That's the negative aspect. Now we need to start thinking of the positive things. Uh, what do we need to start doing? Um, what, uh, what, what, what things do we need in our lives to make us more like uh, Jesus? And of course, this is where the Holy Spirit comes in, okay? Uh, when we're uh, born again, uh, the Greek word uh, is also, can be translated born from above, okay? So born again, born from above is the same, it's the same term. Uh, so when we're born from above, the Holy Spirit comes down from above and, and takes up residence in, in our hearts. Um, did you know there are only two kinds of people on this planet, yeah? There are only two kinds of people on this planet. There are people who are walking around without God inside them, and there are people who are walking around with God inside them, okay? And the people who are walking around with God inside them are called Christians, okay? Nobody else is like that. <laughs> Nobody else is walking around with God inside them. Only the Christians are. Only those who are born from above who are born again. And once, once we have God work, walk inside us, like we said last week, he's, the, he's not just the Spirit of God, he's the Holy Spirit. He, he's, he's the empowering. He's the, he's the force behind the holiness uh, in, in our lives and he is going to help us get rid of the negative things and he is going to help us take on board the positive things 
So two of the positive things, they, they can be classed differently uh, in the Bible. So here we go, our second table. Um, they are fruit and gifts. Okay, these are the positive aspects of holiness that, that the Holy Spirit brings to our lives. Uh, fruit and gifts. And again, they are related to each other, but, but they're not the same. Uh, and it's important that we do know the difference. So hence, hence table number two. Uh, we know what the fruits are. Uh, Galatians 5, 22, 23, love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Can you see anything negative there? There's no unthink unselfishness is not there. Okay, as C.S. Lewis said. <laughs> the, the, this, these are positive aspects of holiness. Uh, the, these are not negative. So all these things are positive things. These are things that, uh, the, that the Holy Spirit will bring uh, into our lives. Uh, under, the line under that talks about character or being. So the, the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, has to do with our Christian character. It's our being, who we are. That's, that's what the fruit is all about, okay? Doesn't matter what you do, uh, we, we all need the same fruit. So all Christians must produce all nine fruit, okay? Does that make sense? You can't say, well, I have love and, and I have gentle, and you have gentleness and we'll just carry on. I'll carry on my loving way and I'll carry on my gentle way. No, all of us need all of these, okay? So that's, that's important. So the fruit of the Spirit, these nine positive aspects, they're to do with who we are, uh, and, and they are for all of us to, to produce uh, all of the time. That's what the Holy Spirit will be doing uh, in, in our lives. The, the gifts are different, okay? So I've got a few Bible uh, references here to look at. Um, the first thing to do with gifts are different kinds of ministries. Ministries sort of in the church, I guess, church-focused ministries. Uh, Paul highlights them in Ephesians 4, verse 11. Uh, he talks about, it was God who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, uh, some to be pastors, uh, and some to be teachers, uh, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's what they often call a five-fold ministry, if you like. Uh, so uh, th these, these are not like the fruit. These are, these are different ministries that you can have in the church. There's also what I've called, keep the M series going, M&M, &M, uh, keep going, the manifestations. This is another list uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, which I'll try and find. Just so we get an idea of what these kind of things are. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 7 to 11. Paul writes, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Uh, to one uh, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Okay, so the manifestations are a little bit different to the ministries, okay? Uh, the ministries are very public, they probably happen in church most of the time. Uh, the manifestations are, are also ministries, but they are maybe they're not public ministries. They're private. These things are going on, uh, maybe not necessarily at church. Some of them can be going on in church uh, as well. Uh, Paul is writing this way to the church in Corinth because they were they loved the gifts. They were they were all for the gifts, uh, and the trouble was they were ignoring the fruit. Okay. Uh, and so that's why Paul says the greatest of these is, is love, faith, hope, and love. They were focusing on the gifts, not on the character. Okay. And they're actually, their church services were a bit chaotic. So everybody was speaking in tongues, and blah, 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 where they all went. And nobody was interpreting the tongues, what was being said. And Paul said, hang on, this is, this is chaos, this is crazy. Now, he, he, he didn't sort out the problem by telling them to stop speaking in tongues, Okay. He said, carry on speaking in tongues. But he said, do this. Have three people speak in tongues, then stop, okay? And then make sure there are three people who can interpret those three things so that everyone can benefit. Do you get the idea? So he said, you know, don't, don't 
don't stop speaking in tongues, but at least have order in your service so that people can then benefit from what's being said. If everybody just gabbles away in a tongue, nobody's benefiting, okay? Um, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, nobody's getting, he, he didn't, it's easy to get carried away. We know churches get carried away with the gifts. It's, they're happening, this part of the world, of course. <laughs> um, but it's important. Uh, Paul was highlighting the next aspect of the gifts. They are under our control. Paul was saying control the way you use the gifts, especially in church, okay? Um, we don't have to get carried away with the use of these gifts, all these signs and wonders and everything else. So just over the page, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18, uh, he said to this, he says this, um, I thank God, says Paul, that I speak in tongues more than all of you, okay? So the Corinthian church was a real speaking in tongue church. They were going crazy for speaking in tongues. Paul says, I actually speak in tongues more than you lot, okay? You think you're really good because you speak in tongues. Well, I'll tell you, I'm even better, <laughs> There's nothing, there's nothing actually, you know, crazy or super spiritual about speaking in tongues, okay? But then he says, verse 19, but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Do you get the idea? Okay. So in a, in, in a sense, Paul is controlling. The, the, the tongues was a gift of the spirit, but Paul says, I'm going to make sure it's under control, Okay. So, you know, don't, don't let these gifts get out of control. And, and in a sense, our churches, uh, it's, it's up to us how we use these gifts or not, okay? We don't often speak in tongues at New Song Family Church, do we? Okay? But that's probably because we've decided that's not a ministry direction that we're going in here, okay? And that's completely fine. This is, this is Paul saying, I would rather speak five intelligible words than speak 10,000 in a tongue, you know? So Paul himself has decided that not speaking in tongues is more beneficial in church. Do you get the idea? It's, they're under our control. We, we get to choose how we use these gifts uh, in, in our churches and amongst ourselves. So the difference here with the gifts is they are not to do with our being and who we are. The gifts are to do with our function or our role in the church. They're what we do. Does that make sense? Okay, so fruit is who we are as Christians, the gifts are our, 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 our job card, our, our role, our, our function, the things that we are to do. And remember, the fruit, nine fruit, and all Christians must produce all nine fruit. The gifts are also not like that, okay? So uh, different Christians have different gifts, and they also have different numbers of gifts as well. We'll come to that later. But we've seen in these readings how the Holy Spirit chooses and selects different gifts for us uh, differently. So your gift is not my gift. And again, I can't demand that the gift that the Holy Spirit has given me, that you must have it as well. Does that make sense? We must respect each other, okay? Just because I've got this gift doesn't mean that you all have to have the same one, okay? Uh, because God selects the, the people, he chooses the people and he chooses the gifts and, and, and he makes it his own choice. So we'll jump back to 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, one to six, um, and uh, important first verse one here, 12, chapter twelve, verse one. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Yeah, that, that's that's a good place to be. Even if, even maybe in this church, we are not using these uh, these outspoken, these 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 amazing gifts, these tongues and everything else. Even if they are not there in the church, it's it's not good to be ignorant about them either, okay? <laughs> so that's part of my purpose this morning. Let's not be ignorant about the gifts, uh, even if we're in a church where they're not all being used publicly, okay? Uh, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by mute idols, uh, idols that couldn't speak. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. No one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. And so verse four, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all people. You get the idea? One spirit, one God, dif different gifts to the different people, okay? So uh, we, we can encourage each other to produce the, different, the nine different kinds of fruit, Yes, you know, I'm producing them all. I want to see them all being produced in you as well. That's allowed. 
but I can't demand that you have the same gift that I have because the Holy Spirit chooses the gifts and he chooses the Christian and he fits them to us uh, for our role in, in the church. I, I did give a hint that there are different numbers of gifts, okay, that not only, not only do you have different gifts to me, but you have different numbers of gifts as well. So that's the parable of the talents. We, we can read it later. Matthew 25, go and read it later. We all know it anyway. Uh, one guy gets five gifts, one guy gets three gifts, one guy gets one gift, okay? Different, different numbers of gifts, okay? And uh, it's easy to be jealous of those guys with five, isn't it? You know, here's my one gift, here's my three. Oh, that guy's got five. Uh, Sibylla, I know, five gifts. Well, I, I'm telling you now, please have sympathy for people with five gifts. Yeah? The, to those who've been given much, much is required. Yes? Okay? So if God gives you five, he's expecting a return on five. Yeah? So those guys have got a hard job to do. So, you know, just, just be aware. It's easy to be jealous of multi-gifted Christians. <laughs> Don't be jealous. Pray for them. They've got to hard work. You know, they've got to go, they've got to work 24-7 with all those gifts. Yes. Um, so uh, whatever gifts God gives us, we are, that's the parable of the talents. We're responsible to use them all uh, and produce a harvest uh, with all of those gifts. Whether we've got many or, or a few, whether they are public or private, doesn't matter, our job is to use them all so that the church of God may be built up. And here another NB, another note well. When we're looking at the gifts, well, Christmas is coming up, isn't it? Yeah, your gifts are under the tree. You know it's your gift because it's got your name on it. Okay, hopefully, okay. That, that gift is for you because it's got your name on it. That's not the same as the gifts of the Spirit, okay? When, uh, when God gives a gift to you, it's not for you, it's for the church, yeah? That's hugely important, hugely important. And it's what many churches in Namibia and Southern Africa get wrong. The man of God is using all these gifts, you know, for himself, for his own glory and for his own financial benefit and everything else, okay? Um, but the, the, the gifts, you know, my gift is not for me. My gift is for you. <laughs> Your gift is not for you, it's for me. Get the idea? God gives us gifts so that we can build up the church so that we can benefit everyone else. It's a little bit true of the fruit as well, okay? Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, patience. These things should benefit other people as well. The fruit are a little bit like that. But, uh, but with the gifts, especially, there's the temptation to think, you know, I've got this gift, I'm the greatest, you know, uh, and, and, and you, just, you just puff yourself up. Okay, you become the man of God uh, and, and enjoy the fruits of all that. So just remember, the, the gift that you have, or the gifts that you have are not for you. God gives them to you for the church. That's, that's the point of the gift. Uh, fruit is interesting as well. So um, uh, we can, we can uh, ask the Holy Spirit to help us uh, produce the fruit. John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Put, lock the branches into the vine and the life of the vine flows through the branches and guess what? The branches produce fruit, but it's remaining in the vine that's the key, okay? Um, but there's nothing stopping us ask, you know, just specifically, what, your prayer time this week, focus on the fruit. Ask the Spirit to, to work these nine things into your life more and more and more. You know, the, my favorite prayer is, Lord, make me patient now, you know? Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, someone else said, I, you know, I prayed for, this week I'm focusing on patience. I'm praying for patience. You know, the whole week there's just been twice as many crazy taxis and the traffic lights are all in the wrong direction and the queues are even longer and I prayed for patience, Lord. So be prepared when you pray for these things that your life might actually get more challenging because the Lord will make sure you've got a chance to put these things into practice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the nine fruit, why not focus? Focus on one of them. What, what, which one of the nine is your least advanced? Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to say, okay, this, work on this one of the nine. You know? <laughs> just, just go with it. See where it leads. Why not? Go for it. <laughs> the gifts are a little bit more difficult. As we said, uh, I've just given you a, a couple of lists from the New Testament. There's a whole lot more. I mean, we've got a bunch on display this morning, haven't we? Thank you, ladies. Worship, leading, music, music, all that stuff. Those are gifts. 
they're not, you know, we didn't read them, but, but they're, they're, they're spread throughout the New Testament. Um, they're a little bit more difficult to pin down because they're, they're, there's more of them uh, and, and you know, it's just a little bit difficult to classify, so I've tried not to do that. I've, I've just given you a few ideas of a few of the gifts. The important thing, though, is to discover your gifts. That's crucial. Why? Not, not so that you will become the man or the woman of God, but so that the church may be built up. If you don't know what your gifts are, you're not using them in the church, and the church is missing out. So please discover your gifts so that the church will benefit, please. <laughs> okay. Christmas is easy. My gift is under the tree. That's kind of hard. It's harder to find our spiritual gifts. Not so obvious. And so we do need to pray. If you do not know what your gifts are, pray about it. Get, get on your knees. Get serious with God. Lord, what, what are my gifts? Help me, you know, let me know. Help me discover my gifts. Pray about it. And, and God will, will lead you on a journey into the gifts he's given to you. He wants you to know your gifts so that you will use it for the benefit of the church. He's concerned for the growth of the church and your gifts are key. And if you don't know them, how can you use them and how can the church benefit from them? Yeah? Okay. It's important. Pray. <laughs> Number one, pray. Number two, be guided by others. Be prepared when you've prayed this prayer that the answer comes through other people, other Christians, those who know you, maybe those who don't know you. Word of knowledge is one of the gifts. A complete stranger might come out and say, your gift is administration. Oh, thanks. There, that, there is a gift of administration. I don't want that gift. Okay. <laughs> we didn't get that far. There are other gifts that we don't want. Anyway, uh, but, but be prepared for God to answer you through other people. You, you might get a word, you know, God might speak you, to you directly, say, your gift is administration. Oh, shucks, you know. Uh, but, it, you know, he might send someone else to you to, to share that with you. Why? Uh, because we ourselves are sometimes the last people to know our gifts. Yes? Yeah? You, we've met these mega-talented people, and, and, and they're riven with failure and guilt because they don't think they've got any gifts at all. You've met people like that. Your, your gift is joining the... Yeah, okay. <laughs> Practice. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, getting ready. Good. Cool. <laughs> Maybe musician. Watch out. <laughs> Very often, we ourselves are the last people to, to know ourselves and know our gifts, okay? Um, so, so be prepared for others, other people to come and help. Thank you. <laughs> some, some gifted people just get removed and, and you know, these are challenging. So pray about it, ask God to show you seriously what your gifts are and be prepared for his answer to come through other people. You, you're really good at this. Did you know that? No. <laughs> but very often we don't know. We, we, we don't see ourselves correctly. Other people can see us better uh, than we ourselves. Um, step three, uh, part of the answer to our giftedness, the gifts of the Spirit, uh, can be related to our own natural gifts. We all have natural gifts as well, yeah? Um, natural gifts and natural talents. And very often, the spiritual gifts, the, the gifts that the Spirit gives us, are related to those natural ones, okay? They just become, in a sense, they become sanctified. I can't think of it in any, any other way. <laughs> um, you know, non-Christians have gifts too. We're all made in the image of God, Okay. So all those people who are walking around the world who don't have God inside them, they have gifts and abilities given by God as well. You know, there's, there's a bunch of them in Qatar running around a soccer field at the moment using their natural talents, okay, to kick a ball in the back of a net. That's a useful gift, isn't it? Yes, okay. Um, well, it can earn you a lot of money, I suppose, but anyway. <laughs> but, you know, giftedness and talents are part of being made in God's image, and we all have them. Uh, and when we become Christians, we don't throw them away. We don't lose them. Uh, but God gives us, we're born again by the Holy Spirit. And somehow the Holy Spirit kind of sanctifies them and builds them up and then uses them for the church. So to step number three, 
you know, you know, well, hopefully, we're beginning to know our own natural gifts. What are we good at? What are the things we enjoy doing? What are the things we enjoy thinking about? Um, those are often an, indi an indicator of our gifts and talents. Um, those of us, I remember years ago when I was trying to choose my degree university course, you know, what course shall I choose at university? You know, and your dad says lawyer or doctor, and you say, well, I'd rather be an actor, actually. You know, but you know what I mean? You know, everybody's giving you advice. At the end of the day, you've got to study something you enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, you're not going to study it, you're not going to graduate, or, or you're going to be a doctor and uh, hate it for the rest of your life, okay? Or even a lawyer and hate it for the rest of your life. Anyway, um, but, you know, you're, you, generally what you enjoy is a good indicator of, of what your talents are. You, you in, we all enjoy using our gifts and talents, yeah? If, you're, if your gift is kicking a round ball into a square hole with a net at the back, you enjoy doing that, okay? Just look at those guys in Qatar. They're having a great time, okay? Because they are using their God-given gifts. Uh, but the thing is, of course, they're using it for themselves. And the thing with God-given gifts is that we are to use them to glorify God. That's the point, okay? So, um, you got the point. Um, our own natural gifts and abilities, the things we are interested in, the things we enjoy doing, very often can be our spiritual gift as well. The Holy Spirit just magnifies them and grows them up and spiritualizes them and, and, and turns them from being natural gifts into spiritual gifts. If, if, does that make sense? You got the point. It's, those, those are sometimes an, an indicator of what our gifts might well be. Number four is the complete opposite, okay? Sometimes your spiritual gift can be completely different to your natural gift and completely the opposite, and it's the last thing you ever thought you would end up doing. Because God is a God of miracles, and he'll just do it anyway, okay? You know, you're, you're, you're out there, you know, being a, a marathon runner, and God says, I'll give you the gift of administration. You know, what? <laughs> I like being outdoors, running, not inside, you know, making notes and, and spreadsheets, you know. But... Sometimes your gift is the direct opposite of your own natural talents, just because, dot, 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 okay? God loves to do that as well. He loves to give us a gift that's got nothing to do with us at all because that glorifies God, yeah? Wow, it's, it's amazing, okay? You see people doing amazing things uh, and amazing things for God and you, you never knew they had anything of that talent in them at all. My wife hates public speaking. You know, I would never get her up to the front here, ever, ever, ever. But I tell you, when she speaks in public, she's brilliant. But she hates it. <laughs> but she's, I think she's got a gift for it, you know. Um, but anyway. <laughs> she, she told me not to pick people out of the, out of the, out of the audience, so um, sorry. <laughs> My gift is targeting people in sermons. Uh, so sometimes our gifts are the opposite of our natural gifts. And, and be prepared for God to give you a surprising gift that you never thought. You know, you've never had this ministry in church because you never thought you would, you would have any ability to do that whatsoever. Yeah? Um, and yet that is your gift. Uh, and God will sometimes do this. He will sometimes give you a gift that's totally out of the ballpark and, and nothing to do with your natural one. Just because... <laughs> And the fourth one, the most important one, use your gifts. That's the key. Okay. There is no point discovering your gifts if you're not going to use them. Okay? <laughs> uh, sounds obvious, but there are gifted Christians all over the planet, stuck in churches, where they are not using their gifts. Either because they're too scared or they're too afraid to, to do it and get, and, and get on and use them. Or it may be the church leadership structure is actually stopping it. Okay? Um, I lecture at NETS, we tend to have younger men and women uh, doing their theology courses, going into ministry, uh, and they, uh, even during their time at NETS, they're required to do practical ministry exercises and, and workshops and groups where we want to encourage them to start using their gifts in their churches, even during their studies at NETS, even while they're studying their academic stuff. They're, the idea is that they're going to be practical and, and put things into practice during their studies. And very often, these guys will come back to us and say, my pastor will not let me. My elders will not let me. They, they, they are doing all the ministry, and there's no way that I can get in, and, and, and they are stopping me exercising my gifts. That happens. Okay, that really happens. And we have to work, we either have to work with that church and, and, and force, force an opening for our students, or we just say, we have to find them another church. 
We have to find you. Okay, you're a Baptist. Well, you'll go to this Pentecostal church because they definitely want an administrator or something or whatever. You know, they want someone who that, that other church has got a, a, a place where you could use your gift. And some of these guys, well, they leave their churches. Yeah. So if you're at a church, oh, Brian's listening. If you're at a church where you're not using your gifts or you're, you're, you you know what your gifts are and you you're, you can't use them here, hmm, think about what are you going to do. Because you must use your gift. God has given the gift not for you, but for the church. You need to be in a church where you can use that gift. Sounds obvious. Okay. Um, so hopefully, knowing the Bullingtons for many years, <laughs> hopefully we are, our churches, all churches are hopefully led by people who are on the lookout for the gifts of all the people and then seeking ways in which those gifts can be used in their church because if they don't use them, another church will. You know, if we're in a church where we can't use our gift, find another church. Sounds, sounds radical, doesn't it? But, but that's, that's the importance of the gifts. God's given you that gift so that the church can be benefited and you need to be in a church where those where that gift is those gifts are being used. So sorry, Brian, um, but anyway, I'm, they're, they're not like that. <laughs> Hi, Brian. They're they're not like that. We've yeah. excuse me. Good church leaders, good pastors are on. They know this stuff. They know that the Spirit has given all their people gifts to be used in ministry. And they know they need to be looking out to help those people discover their gifts and then find ways in which the people could use those for the benefit of the church. If it doesn't happen, the church will not grow as God wants it to grow. So getting towards our conclusion, just some, just some warnings uh, on, on these thoughts. We've had some already, thinking about the hindrances, what, uh, what hinders me and what God wants me to get rid of. Uh, is not necessarily what hinders you, uh, and, and you take it and run with it, and I have to stop it, okay? Um, so uh, I can't demand that you give up what God is asking me to give up. That's, that's the first warning from the beginning of the sermon. Um, but there's some others along those uh, lines. Um, going back to the negative side uh, of dealing with sins, um, a, little bit like, a little bit like the hindrances, um, we said last week that the Holy Spirit will be very specific about the sins that he wants us to, uh, to deal with. Satan loves to put us under a, a guilty cloud with no direction. The Holy Spirit is the complete opposite. He will, he will be very specific and point out the things that need to go. A bit like the hindrances. Um, if the, the sin that I, need to get to, that I need to work on and get rid of, again, we're all individuals. I, I then cannot ask that you you must all focus on that same sin. The sin that you're dealing with is not the sin that I'm dealing with. Does that make sense? So we need to respect each other and help each other, okay? We, you know, we, we, just, need, we just need to help each other on with, with that. Um, we, we can't think that the sin that God is asking me to give up is the sin that God is asking all of us at Newsong uh, to give up. We're, he's treating us as individuals. We're all on our own individual walk. Uh, we're all... We're all, we've all got our own tasks, uh, our own things uh, to work on. Um, the second thing is that you may well find that things that you dealt with, sins that you dealt with years ago, you wake up one morning and suddenly they're back. <laughs> they're an issue again. I got rid of this 40 years ago. You know, I dealt, I've dealt with this. I'm done with this. And here it is again. I'm now struggling with this thing again. Okay. Don't be surprised if that happens. That can happen. Why? Because we move on in our Christian lives and our circumstances change. Okay? Me as a Christian 40 years ago is not the same Christian now. Okay? And, and I shouldn't be surprised if something that I had dealt with then crops up again later on. <laughs> because I've moved on and my situation's changed and, and you know, my ministry's changed or whatever. You know, my walk with God has moved on. Um, and it may well be something comes back to us from the past to haunt us. You know, things that we thought we had dealt with, they become a new thing to deal with now simply because our circumstances have, have changed. So, so this is the negative side, dealing with, dealing with sins. Don't be surprised if things crop up again uh, that we thought we had dealt with. <laughs> um, in, in a sense, the, the, the things that we have to deal with are the things that are immediately 
hindering or entangling us from this from being closest to God this undivided devotion to the Lord this this race towards Jesus this Christian race um, the the thing that we need to get you know God wants those things out of the way so that we can we can run closer to him and and, and it's something that we had dealt with might come back again so some extra warnings and extra things to to think about uh, okay, moving on uh, to the to the conclusion, Second Corinthians chapter three. Um, hopefully, hopefully we are all getting rid of the things that hinder. Hopefully, we are all getting rid of the sins that entangle us. Hopefully, we are all advancing on the nine fruit and growing in nine different directions at once in all the fruitfulness. Hopefully we know what our gifts are and we're in a church where we can put those gifts into practice. Hopefully all these things are happening. But <laughs> there's someone who doesn't like this. Satan hates this. This is what Satan hates. Okay. <laughs> uh, and he's there to try and put all this uh, to a stop. Uh, so I've made a note here. If, if Satan cannot get us to disobey God, he will make us proud of our obedience. And then he's won, okay? We obey everything that God wants to do, and we lie down at bed at night thinking, oh, what a great obedient Christian I am. <clears throat> we just failed, okay? As we grow in Christ, we still need to fix our eyes on Christ, not on ourselves. It's, it's so tempting. You know, all this stuff about my, the nine fruit and the gifts, you know, we... Our, our, we, we start looking at ourselves. Our focus becomes on ourselves. It's you know we do need to we do need to do some introspection. Yeah, As we, this is what the sermon is about this morning. <laughs> this, these are the fruit. These are the gifts. Get to know the fruit and the gifts, and you know exercise them and do all these things. But of course, that's it's a kind of a turning inwards, isn't it? It's a focusing on ourselves. Peter found out that actually, when you focus on Christ, you can walk on the water. When you turn your eyes from Christ, boom, down you go. So there's a danger in being too introspective and too self-absorbed. We, we, we somehow need to, to look at the fruit and the gifts and at the same time keep our eyes on Christ <laughs> to keep walking on the water. Um, it's, it's a skill, okay? Uh, I've said this, if Satan cannot stop us growing as Christians, the fruit and the gifts, he will, tr he will try to make us proud of our growth instead. Get the idea? Yes. Pride, pride is the number one sin, it's the root of all the other sins, and it will bring us to a crashing halt, in our, both in our Christian lives, both in our devotion to the Lord, and in our ministries. So if, if Satan cannot get us to, be, to disobey, if he cannot uh, get us uh, to stop growing in our fruitfulness, if he cannot uh, stop us casting out the things that hinder and entangle, uh, if he can't stop us... Uh, knowing and exercising our gifts, he will make us proud of those things instead and it will all come uh, to a crashing halt. Uh, here's the answer. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verses 5 and 6. This verse came to me. I, was, um, I occasionally help different churches in, in Vintuk. Uh, one of them is out uh, Okuriangava. Uh, the church is a tin shack. Uh, the very few people uh, have jobs, most are poor, hungry, um, but the church is full, Four, 400, 500 people uh, each Sunday in, in that church, and, and I was helping some of the elders with some Bible studies on a, on a weekend. Uh, and they so appreciated what, what I was doing on the Saturday, they, they, went, they, went, they went and got me KFC. Now, if you like KFC, don't buy it in town. KFC Katatura, Best KFC. It's the best. I tell you, I'm, they went to Katatura, they got this KFC meal, the meal and the Coke and everything, uh, and, you know, they just they just enjoy it. You know, they put me in a quiet corner by myself, lunch break, uh, just, they just, just enjoy it. And, and, you know, I'm almost choking on the food, you know, because here I am, a fully supported, financially supported Western missionary, uh, speaking to these guys who most are unemployed, uh, struggling to get bread on the table, and, and I'm eating this brilliant KFC from KFC Katajura. <laughs> That's the advert, by the way. You know, it's just I'd make the trek out there and get that. <laughs> Don't bother with town center. Sorry. It was, and I, and I, I thought I can hardly eat this. You know, who am I to eat the f the bread of these poor people? 
when God has sent me to minister to them and I'm eating their bread, you know, I'm eating their chicken, you know. And, and into my head popped this little line, our competence comes from God. So who was I to object? My job was just to say thank you <laughs> and, and to know that they, they were blessing me with this good food because God had blessed me. They appreciated the blessing, the gifts that God had given me to teach them. And, and it made me realize that my competence, all that came from God. Okay, that's the verse. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6. Let's, let's read it. I find it. Sorry, pages up with the different. Uh, yes, Paul says, such confidence as this is ours through Christ uh, before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit, as we're thinking this morning, gives life. Our, our competence comes from God. These, you know, this, these fruit from God, the gifts from God, uh, our, our abilities to do anything <laughs> from God. That's, that's the answer to the pride attack that Satan will put on us. He will want us to be proud of all these things, uh, and thus we come to a crashing halt. The answer is 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6. Our, our competence comes from God, and that, that's, that punctures the pride attack, doesn't it? I think it does. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you this morning uh, for this amazing grace that we've been thinking of over these last few weeks. And thank you this morning. We've been able to focus uh, on these positive things of holiness. Uh, and Holy Spirit, thank you that uh, the fruit is, is the fruit of the Spirit. Thank you this morning that the gifts are the gifts of the Spirit. All these things uh, come from you, and, and all these things are things that you want to work in our lives. Uh, so Lord, uh, help us as we, as we move forward with these nine different kinds of Christian character fruit. Um, help us all to work on all of these things all together, Lord. Help us to encourage one another uh, to grow in these areas. And Lord, for the gifts uh, Lord, I just want to lift up this church before you, Lord, and ask that uh, if there are any here this morning who, who don't know their gifts or haven't even thought that they might have gifts from you, Lord, that, that they would begin to, to think about this and, and to discover their gifts, Lord, so that they can uh, then put them into use in this church. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you have given us gifts, not for ourselves, uh, but for the church. So, Lord, help us to... Uh, give us wisdom, help us to uncover these things uh, and to put these things into practice. And Lord, keep, us, keep Satan far from us, uh, keep his uh, pride attacks far from us, uh, and Lord, just remind us that our, our competence comes from you. It all comes from you, and we will give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is Rico Vecca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.